This is the Perfectly Mentored Podcast with your host, Jason Portnoy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Perfectly Mentored. I'm your host, Jason Portnoy. On this episode, I welcome my good friend, Mike Walker. He's like the man behind the curtain when it comes to entrepreneurs. He is so, so, so smart and understands this entrepreneurial game better than most when it comes to business optimization, strategies, mindset, uh, whether it's you know monetizing intellectual property and just building businesses in general. He is brilliant. You're not going to want to miss this one. Check it out. Mike Walker, welcome to the show. What is up? What is up, man? Good to be here. Excited. Hey, good to have you here. I mean, like you and I, we we jam a lot and uh, and and we speak a lot. And you are one of the smartest people that I've that I've ever come across. So I'm just so excited to just dive into your brain a little bit and talk entrepreneurship, talk business. Talk. We'll just we'll just jam. But I mean, for the listeners who don't have the luxury of knowing who you are, why don't you give them a quick little background on you? Sure, sure. Yeah, I'll give you the, the Reader's Digest version, I call it, right? So um, diehard entrepreneur, um, grew up probably like a lot of your listeners, you know, figuring out how to make money as a kid from mowing lawns to, you know, picking up cans, aluminum cans and or whatever it took to make money. I was always fascinated with the, the concept that you could um, position yourself with a service or with a product and convert that into money by providing something to somebody else that they wanted. So I was always really fascinated with that concept. Uh, my first real win as a kid was a, a candy store. We lived across the, the street from a school. And I thought one day, I was like, you know what? All these kids walking out at three o'clock or whatever it was when the bell rang every day. And I'd be sitting across because I got out at a different hour. And, and I think, you know, I bet they're all hungry when they get out of school. And they probably still have some lunch money left over. This is back when, you know, you actually use cash as a kid and your mom gave you like two bucks for lunch. Don't you know? date yourself here, man. Don't oh, date dude, We're going way back. I'm taking you back, dude. Taking way back, right? Back back in the good old days when we actually carried currency as a child. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that was, that was just the light bulb moment for me as an entrepreneur is like, uh, I bought a big bag of candy from, you know, I had my mom help me, of course, buy a big bag of candy from whatever Target, Kmart, whatever. And then I just sat across the street and let those kids come out. And they always always have 10 cents, 5 cents, 25 cents left over in their pocket from their lunch money. And it was three o'clock or whatever. And I just had my little sign out that said, candy, here you go, you know? And the idea that I could convert a, a $5 bag of candy into like 20 bucks and change for me as a kid was just like the holy grail. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be so rich, you know? And, and uh, here you go. So copywriting wasn't your forte back then. <laughs> yeah. I, or, or, or a simple direct offer. It works, right? So. Hey, it's in your face. It's 10 yeah. cents. You want it, buy it. Here it is, right? So um, back when copywriting was was not, uh, yeah, not so much a skill or forte. But um, anyway, obviously, you know, I don't sell candy anymore, but um, I'm passionate about the idea of exchanging um, ideas, products, and services for money and helping other people more specifically nowadays, helping people monetize their intellectual property um, online. And uh, that's what I love doing. I love building businesses and built, sold, scaled, and done everything in between from, you know, you name it, brick and mortar, online e-com, retail, like you name it, been there, done that. And um, because of that, I'd like to really dive into that creative process that is helping someone develop their offers and their businesses. And then, um, yeah, taking it to the world. It's just a really fun process. I love it. So it's interesting because you knew from a young age that you had that entrepreneurial drive. I did not. Like there was entrepreneur, 
like that wasn't even a thing to me. I had no clue what it was. I thought I was just going to either become a lawyer or, or mm-hmm. go work somewhere, or have a job until I actually had my first job. And I realized this sucks. Right? <laughs> like, this right. is absolutely awful. Uh, so mine got birthed out of like hating authority and being told okay. what to, and told and told what to do. Do you think most entrepreneurs are like are born with it? They know early on or or it's something that they've developed over time. More often than not, I do feel like there's something intrinsic within the, what I call the entrepreneurial DNA. You know, I think there's just something there. Now, whether it was nurtured or not, is something else entirely. But I do think that there's a lot of people out there like, oh, I want to be my own boss. Or they like the idea of it, but they don't necessarily have that DNA or the core or the grit, I would say, more specifically to actually see it through. So I think there's a ton of ideas that have a you know glamorized idea of what conceptually it is to be an entrepreneur. But then there's a far fewer, smaller segment of people that actually have what it takes to do it. Um, but I don't think it's something that you necessarily have to know from childhood by any stretch. I think that DNA can be deeply implanted in the subconscious and it comes out like in your case later. You know, I, I don't think it's a matter of time or age. It's it's just more of a when that piece of, of uh, knowledge gets extracted, you know? Mm. It's interesting because you say, like, I, I look back at my family growing up and it, that wasn't an option. That was never fostered. I didn't have, we don't have what we have right now. Do you think now there's kind of been this overcorrection of now it's cool to be an entrepreneur. Everyone should be an entrepreneur and forcing almost people the same way we kind of didn't foster becoming an entrepreneur back then. Now we're kind of not fostering other like other options. It's almost like, yeah, everyone should go work for themselves. Everyone should go make everyone should go make money when, you know, some people would be way happier if they just took a job or go went to work for someone. And there's and it's not a bad thing. Do you think we kind of went like the pendulum swung completely and and overly in the other direction? I think so in certain industries for sure. And I think, you know, with social media and, and the ability for us to all see what everybody else is doing. I think there's large segments of people that see that, again, that glamorized lifestyle, what an entrepreneur is and like, oh, I'm in Bali sipping my Mai Tai and making millions of dollars or whatever, you know, and the reality is- I want to be that entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly. Like who doesn't, right? But the reality is that there's a lot more that goes on than that. And um, I think a lot of people do get like lured into the concept of being an entrepreneur and yet they would thrive and do exceptionally well, probably even feel far more fulfilled if they just found a role- in a corporate sector or working under somebody kind of entrepreneurship concept where you're part of an organization, but you still get to have ownership. Um, I'm a big believer in that. I think you can be an entrepreneur and still work for somebody else. You know, I I think entrepreneurs more than just, well, I have my own business. It's how about your, your own CEO of your own life? You know, like that's a whole nother concept that you can take ownership of. And if working for someone else nine to five or whatever it may be, gets you to where you want to be to be that CEO of your own life and be able to afford to do the things you want to do with your family or whatever. I'm all about that. Then go, go work for somebody else too. You know, like I don't, I don't think it's good or bad, but I do think to answer your question, I do think that there's a lot of people that think that being their own boss is the answer when in actuality, they probably do a lot better in a more structured environment. How much of it comes down to them just not knowing themselves and exactly what they want? Probably a lot. Self-awareness, and it, which is ironic, right? We live in like a selfie obsessed culture and yet we have such l- lower lack of self-awareness than ever. So um, yeah, I think it's just people thinking that they want something and they probably don't know what they're really signing themselves up for. 
is that, I mean, you've, you've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs, you work with a lot of entrepreneurs uh, from all different stages, right? So you, you see it. Is that the biggest trip up that they don't, that they don't know what they want? Like, what's the biggest trip up that you see, you know, from entrepreneurs growing their business? Yeah, I would say clarity on what they want. You know, it's amazing. If you ask someone, what do you want? Oh, I want to make a lot of money. Well, what does that mean? Um, I want to make a million dollars a year. Why? Because uh, I want a nice house. Why? You know, like it, you can only scratch the surface for so long to where all of a sudden you just get a blank stare back and they don't know because they, they're just kind of going along with the, the flow of like, you know, their their social stream feeding them the idea that they need that you know, mansion and five car garage and whatever else in order to be happy. And yet, if you actually scratch away the surface, they realize, well, well hang on, I'd actually be quite content just having a little modest three bedroom home and a family that loves me and a dog and a cat and be able to like check out at 5 p.m. every day and just go home and watch football. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And yet somehow people subscribe to these ideologies of what success actually is. And yet that's success is self-defined. So I think people kind of uh, sign themselves up. They lean their ladder up against the wrong wall and they don't realize it till they're too far up the ladder. Yeah. I look at it as like, you know, you get in your car and you're mad at your GPS because you're, you're not where you're supposed to be, but you never entered a destination in the GPS. Then whose fault is that? Right. Oh, you're just going to keep going around in circles. hundred percent. Yep. hundred percent. The entrepreneur space is something that, that like you said, with social media has just just boomed and what we've seen was a rise in hustle culture that was a big thing for for a moment you got to work hard now it's almost like the lazy entrepreneur uh where it's like no here's how you could make 10 million dollars working two hours a week and and doing it's now almost it's like shift it's almost like every time something comes out there's a giant pendulum swift that that course corrects in, in it but over course corrects into another direction what are your thoughts on, on, you know, the people who, how far can you go with the work-life balance of like, I could have it all. I could have my life with my kids and family. Then I could also go make a billion dollars because the truth is like, I'm, I meet with entrepreneurs just like you do. And, and they sit there and say, yes, I want to be at every kid's game. I want to be at everything. I want to do all this, 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 but I want to build a billion dollar business. I'm like, well, something's going to have to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't assign to the whole like balance thing. I, I think there's uh ebb and flow and there's seasons of needing to go all in on one aspect. And then there's seasons of others, you know, you and I were talking earlier before we got online and um, there's just parts of your life where, you know, this is just a period, like you got to enjoy it and um, extract the learnings and the opportunities the memories that you can in that particular season, even if there's not a revenue number attached to it and, um, you know, go make a billion dollars. Awesome. But everything costs something. Hmm. And so you're going to pay the price for that billion dollars somewhere. And so it's just a matter of if you're willing to pay the price, some people are, some people aren't, you know, do you think people aren't willing to pay the price or they're just very confused at how high some of the costs, how, how pricey or how, uh, how big the cost could be sometimes? Probably both. Yeah. yeah. I don't think people understand just how hard it is and how long it can, you know, go before you can get a breakthrough. It's that whole, you know, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success concept. It's most people don't have the, again, grit to 
do what it takes to become successful. And you just have to keep failing enough times over and over and over again to where you start to crack the code and figure it out in your own terms, you know? Again, I I don't want to like shit all over social media, but that's another problem with social media because we get to see the end result or or the or the the tip of the iceberg for people. Right? We see Taylor Swift, and then every girl's like, "Oh, I wish I was Taylor Swift." Like, okay, are you prepared to give up your entire life and everything she's given up and the years it took her to become that person? And understand that. She's the only one doing this right now. There's no one that comes close to her. So it's not like she, like, that's how hard it is. So for you mm-hmm. to become the next Taylor Swift, are you prepared to do all those things? And I think that's the problem uh, with social media. It's it's either people are too vulnerable where it becomes like, okay, I'm going to be authentic. So I just have to talk about all my losses. That's what it means. I got to talk about all my losses and all my failures, which case no one's going to want to do business with you if you're t- talking about how big of a failure you are all the time. Or it's the... I see that person and they're so, and they're so great. And they ignore, they ignore the years and years and years or decades to, to get to that point. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why reading uh, biographies is just so interesting um, because you see that you get behind the scenes, you get behind the curtain a little bit and you understand the price. Again, it goes back. Everything costs something. Everything's connected. So to, uh, and again, it's not even a, a right or wrong or good or bad. It is what it is. You just have to decide what price you're willing to pay in exchange for whatever it is you're getting. If you want more family time, there will be a price for that family time. That's not good or bad. That's just what it is. You want that billion dollar company or empire? There will be absolutely be a price for that, but that's not good or bad. It's just, is that what you're here on this planet for, right? And I think that's what's missing in a lot of people's lives and why they struggle so much with the entrepreneurial equation is that they're associating their goals and their their lives around a, a revenue goal or not a, an idea, an ideal in their mind of what success is and what their life could be. But without answering the true like underlying question is, what am I on this planet for? Mm-hmm. Like, is that really what I'm here for to get that car and that house and that billion dollar company? Is that what I'm being put on this planet for? And if you start solving for that, I think you get a, a higher output question and one that's worthy of fighting for and doing all the, the hard work for, because now you're you're not basing your forward progress or lack thereof on something that's fleeting, like a car or a house. Like you're doing it because it's like why you're on this freaking planet in the first place. So if you could construct right, like uh, like you're baking a cake, you're 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 going to cook up the the perfect entrepreneur and and or the entrepreneur that has the best chance of success. What are the ingredients? Oof. An insatiable uh, hunger and thirst for learning. Um, self-awareness to know that anything great is going to require more than them. And going back to a clarity of purpose, like what is their purpose? Because you'll you'll run through a brick wall if the reason is big enough, you know? Like one of my favorite visual analogies um, that was shared to me by a mentor years and years ago, and he brought me up on stage to do it in front of a bunch of people, which is why I never forget about it, is he called me up to stage and he's like, all right, Mike, I want to bring you up. I want to show everybody the power of your why, right? You kind of hear that in this entrepreneurial story. He's like, what's your why, right? Well, so we're talking about this to a group of people that are fairly new in the entrepreneurial space. And so he brought me up on stage. He's like, all right, Mike, stand over there. And I was about 20 feet away. 
So now just, I want you to visually imagine, I'm gonna take a, a, a four, four inch by four inch beam and I'm gonna stretch it across between you and myself. And I just want you to walk across that beam and just imagine you walking across it. Would you, would you be able to do it? It's like four inches or 20 feet away. Yeah, I mean, I might you know toddle here and there, but I'll make it across, no big deal, right? It's like, not that big of a deal, right? I said, yeah, you're right. So, okay, excellent. Now go back to your spot. So I walk back. Now let's do the exact same exercise, except we're on a 20 story building. Hmm. And we're going to put this beam across two different buildings. Now I want you to walk across. Would you do it? And I was like, whoa, well, he's like, hang on, hang on. It's the same damn beam. It's the same distance away. Why, why is it all of a sudden a problem? I'm like, well, the risk, like, there's a, there's a bit long way down. He's like, Oh, I see. So like the risk is in, and the fear of failure is greater because you're higher up. Right. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, okay. Now I want you to imagine that my side, the burning build is a burning building and your family's on over here. Now, will you cross that beam? And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to get over there. He's like, why? Because I have a better reason for doing it. And I thought, isn't that interesting? So it's it's not a matter of it, is it hard or can I do it? It's is it is your why big enough to get you through, get you across those gaps of uncertainty? And I think that's the difference that a lot of people need. How do people go about? I, and I love I love that analogy, and I'm going to steal it, but I'll give you credit whenever sure. whenever whenever I use it. I stole it too, so there you go. Yeah, that's all right. I'll say stolen. I'll say I'll say I stole this from Mike Walker, or stole it from someone else. So there you go. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, thieves in in uh in unison um when when we talk about the the why this has been one of the biggest trip-ups for me like in the past of like the why why because i want to make money and i want to support my family and i want to have a lifestyle and i want to do all that the digging the deeper part of the well why is that important and going and, and actually spending time thinking what's what's your What's your, I guess, heuristics for for figure, for people to help figure out their why? What's the exercise that they could go through so they could get clarity on their why? And it's not just so I can make a lot of money and travel the world and my family has everything that they ever need, which, by the way, 90% of entrepreneurs that I meet with are already there when they put the numbers there. They're already in that spot where they could do where they could do those things. Mm -hmm. uh, but what what's your what's the exercise that you that you would take an entrepreneur down? Yeah, I think it's actually fairly simple and it's, you know, it goes back to that concept of if you ask higher quality questions, you get higher quality answers. And too many times as entrepreneurs, we're obsessed with, well, what do I want? What do I want to get? What's my why? But you'll notice it's all about us. It's all about me. What do I want? What should I do? What can I get? You know, what can I accomplish? How much money can I make? Like these are all very, very, you know, inwardly thinking questions. Instead, I like to flip it around and go like, who could I help? How many people could I impact? And turn turn it around on, because this life isn't about us. Like as much as we would love to think it is, it's not. You know, we're, we're here to learn personal lessons to be sure, but we're all connected and our impact our legacy is going to be directly correlated to the number of lives we touch. And so I like to flip it around and get people to stop thinking inwardly about me, I, what do I want, et cetera, and start thinking about who can I help? Whose life could I transform? How could I help other people? And as soon as you can do that and associate a business to it, I think you're onto something. But at the same time, I mean, there's got to be some sort of 
monetary component to it, right? Because you can help a lot of people by going working for a nonprofit, nonprofit, and you can start a nonprofit and help a lot of different people. You could donate all your time and never make a cent and go and go do those things and help a lot of people. So, how how do you reconcile that helping and that monetary component to it, right? Because if if I believe I have a calling to help as many people as possible, then I could do that in so many different ways that 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 don't require taking money from people. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I, and I, a lot of people immediately think that oh, because it's um, you know about other people, then I don't care about money. It's like no, I want to make a crap ton of money. But service to many leads to greatness, right? And so if you can make that connection between how can I impact people and still make a lot of money? Like, is me being broke and barely getting by going to make things better for Mm -hmm. me to be able to help more people or not? No. That's why I've always disagreed with this whole, you know, fallacy, in my opinion of like, oh, well, if if you're going to, if you believe in God, or if you want to, you know, make a big difference, you have to give everything away and be broke and live like in, in a cave somewhere. No, like that doesn't allow me to make an impact. The more money I make, the more impact I can make. So I want to make a lot of money. And so it's just a matter of connecting the dots between making impact and making a, an income. And um, Mm. I do think it's possible. It is possible because we're doing it. I love it. When you look for an entrepreneur that you're going to help and and that you believe in, what are, what are some of the qualities? I know you gave the, the ingredients for an entrepreneur, become a perfect entrepreneur, but how do you determine who's coachable and, and, and who's not as an entrepreneur? Yeah. I mean, you said right there, coachable, obviously. Um, the the mantra that I usually gave any client I've ever worked with is I can teach you what to do and how to do it. I can teach you what to say and how to say it, but I can't make you want it. Like that comes from you. So if you take one step, I'll take two. You take four, I'll take eight. You will never outwork me. You will never out hustle me. Like I will, I will always lead the way, but you have to follow. I'm not dragging you up this mountain with, with me. Like this is the direction I'm going. If you want to come, awesome. But the second you start to become an anchor or a weight to the the velocity at which we're growing together, then I'm going to cut you free because I'd be doing you disservice at that point. So I think it's an accountability metric. You know, if I could boil it down to one word, it's accountability. If as long as they're willing to show up, then I'm willing to show up for them as well. And when you have all those things. Right. Let, let's talk about something that's important from a marketing side of things. And that's the offer that you're going to give out to the world. When you have that clarity, how easy is the offer at that point? Because when people struggle with the offer, one thing I like about you and 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 we work together and 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 you've helped me a lot in, in different ways is that it's never about some sort of tactical solution. It's never about like, OK, oh, you're having trouble writing your offer. Try this framework. Try this headline. It always goes back to some sort of deep-rooted thinking that makes writing the offer a lot easier, which is rare because in today's world, when we're sold courses or 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 whatnot, it's always follow this example, follow this guideline, follow this template. When did you start noticing that, like, hey, it's this, uh, the tactics are, are are fine. There are there's a time for tactics, but. This foundational stuff is is super important because otherwise you're building a house of cards and everything's going to come uh, crumbling down, which I found that was my issue with most courses and most programs was, and even the clients that we have within the agency was they were always searching for the latest shiny object or the latest strategy or the latest tactic. And they jump from course to course, program to program, coach to coach, 
looking for something. And when it worked, great. And then when it stopped, they needed something else because they didn't have the foundations the foundations in place. When did you start realizing the, the, the importance of that? And, and I mean, what are your thoughts on all that? Hey, Jason here. I hate to interrupt this episode. I'm, you're probably enjoying it so much right now. And thank you for paying attention to it and tuning into this episode. Look, the truth is, I really need a favor from you. We really want to keep getting this in the hands of more and more people. So if you could do me a favor and head on over and leave a five-star review, leave us a review, leave us some comments, share it with friends, spread the love. It would mean the world to me. As well, continue the conversation with me on Instagram at Jason Portnoy. Follow along there. Look forward to seeing you there. Thank you so much. Now let's get back to the episode. Yeah, it comes down to first principles. You know, I, I found I've been in the entrepreneurial space now for over 25 years. So again, dating myself, right? But across all these different genres, verticals, et cetera, product services, everything else in between, um, you'll find that there are certain first principles that transcend every you know variety of, of business and it's people service you know and and how to con communicate effectively there there's just some raw basics that if you can really get good at those then the tactics and the the fleeting strategies that work this month and won't next month those things are going to come and go but if you have those core principles in place, then you're, you're much more malleable as an entrepreneur and you can kind of flow with the market, you know, like, Oh, now it's all about webinars. And then it's all going to go about certain opt-ins and it's going to go full this and full that. Like you see them for what they are, which is trends and, 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 you know, peaks and valleys of a market, but it's, you have a, a mean average that continues to just operate throughout all of those. And um, I think that's where like, a mature entrepreneur sees the differences. They, they're not lured by quick fixes and, and little ninja hacks. They see them for what they are. It's like, oh, that's cool. Let's try it. Like I'm down, I'll try something, but I'm not going to build a business around it. You know, so I'm always looking at like, hey, that could be cool feature, but that's not the core benefit or that's not the core engine of what it is I'm doing. And that's why courses are more designed to be sold than they are to fulfill. I love that. Designed to to sell than they are to be fulfilled. I like that. You, you talked about IP in the beginning that you help entrepreneurs, you know, monetize their IP and put out their IP. You know, it's funny because for the longest time, I didn't think I had any IP and I'm an entrepreneur and I ran an agency. And I think, you know, there's so many business owners that have IP. How do you, how do you go about, you know, like extracting that? How do you go about working with an entrepreneur who sits there and says, you know, I built a business and it's like, but I don't think I have anything to offer. Right. Like, but you're like, but you built a business. You could actually teach people how to do all these things. How do you go about extracting the IP from, from an entrepreneur? That's a good question. Um, I only ask good questions on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, there, there's the, the concept of doing it. So like understanding who this person wants to reach, who are they trying to help? What is the end goal? And then we can, we can draw out from them to how to accomplish that. So just taking a, a win that they've had. So you said, you know, uh, they built a business before. Great. Let's reverse engineer that. Like, what were the steps? What were the sequences of events? What were the thinking processes? What are the, the, the acts that were required to make that a reality? And then a by pulling all that out, you can start to notice maybe a particular framework or trend or, or mode of operations that allowed that to happen. And you go, this could help somebody, you know, I think why it's, why it takes a, a second person, an outsider's perspective to do that is because often as entrepreneurs, 
it seems too basic. We're just too close to it. Like what we what we do, we're like, well, yeah, but everybody can do that. That's the basic. What do you mean? I asked the guy for his credit card and he gave me money and that's how I built my business. What do you mean? Exactly. Yeah. Like it, it just doesn't seem noteworthy at all. And so you need someone else to go, no, no, no. That's hard for a lot of people. So let's break that down. You know, I mean, you probably could seriously make like a mini course on just how to take credit cards over the phone. You know what I mean? Like you could really like geek out on that entire sequence of messaging and the strategy and the, the philosophy and, you know, blah, 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 and all the things about it. And you could literally build out an entire mini course just on that one piece of the business equation. And you could probably meet a lot of people's needs. You know, like there's a bunch of people going like, man, I get people on the phone, but then I can't get their credit card info. And I can't convert, you know, I can't close like all these things, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's endless, dude. Like I see opportunity everywhere and that's both a blessing and a curse to be sure. So I was going to say that because now that you have people thinking about it, they're like, well, okay, I could talk about taking credit card on the phone. I could also then talk about, you know, how do you even get them on the phone in the first place? And then I could talk about how do you even find the people that you're supposed to call on the phone? Like we could go deep on almost every single one of these things. At what point does it, you're like, dude, stop, stop, stop. Like, like you're going to drive yourself nuts. Like, and then it becomes analysis paralysis almost of, I got so many stuff I could talk about that. I don't want to talk that. I can't talk about anything anymore. So mm -hmm. how do you hone that part in? Yeah, I think that's why we have to first start at the macro and then zoom in deeper and deeper. So I like to start way more like high level. Why are you on this planet? What's your personal mission statement? Like, I know that sounds all floofy and whatever, but the reality is that you have to start there. That's that's the big thing. And so I wrote about this like a month ago, um, how when an architect designs a building or, or comes up with this idea they're first drafting it on paper and like sketching it out. They're just thinking of the, the outward appearance, the overall picture of what it is. They're not thinking about, well, I need this particular metal beam. I need this cord. I need that. Like they're not thinking about the inner working details, right? They're just thinking about the broad picture. And then what happens as soon as you got that really formulated with clarity, then you go, okay, cool. That's what I know I want it to look like. Now, what would it take to, to assemble that? Then you start going, okay, so what are the raw materials? What are the steps required? Then you start breaking things down or reverse engineering it. And I think that's what um, I view businesses as is first, you need to build the lifestyle that you want and then figure out what business would be required to achieve that. Too many people build a business and then they try to cram life in wherever's left. And it's the inverse because you're supposed to be an entrepreneur so you can live the lifestyle. And yet we build a business and go, oh crap, I don't have a life. And so it's actually the inverse. It'd be better to design your life than design a business. And that was a hard thing for me because, you know, in my coaching, when I was trying to up level and get to a certain point, I had a coach who sat there and said, well, what do you want? And and, and where, what do you want? And I'm like, dude, I'm not here to talk about my personal life. I, I want to design <laughs> my business. And they're like, you don't understand. Yeah. Like you, you're not getting it. Like you cannot build the business without knowing what your personal life looks like because you build the business and then what if like you okay missing every one of your kids basketball games or soccer games i'm like absolutely not you okay not going home for dinner no okay so then what business are we building we have to build a business that doesn't give you that doesn't do that i'm like all right cool but i'm, I'm the ceo i do whatever i want it's like no 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 it starts with you and and i think that was one of the most eye-opening things is mindset that vision stuff i ignored that for yeah, you know, over a decade. And I like, it's almost like one of those things that like hit me. I'm like, man, if I just would have shut up and just been like, stop skipping, like 
every time mindset was brought up, I'm like, skip, skip, skip this part of the course, skip this part of the program. Next, let's get straight to the tactical side of things. It always went out because I didn't understand why this was all so important. And you can get to a certain level. But then when you look at you talk about biographies, you start studying the best. I've had this podcast. I've got to interview some of the smartest people on the planet. They all say the same thing. And at one point, it's just like, all right. I have like so these like one percent people like talking to me about this, and I'm asking them the same questions. They're all ask answering it the same way, but I, Jason Portnoy, feel like I know better. Like who am I? At some point, like the arrogance for me to ignore what they're saying was just like, who are you to to do that? And it's something I wish I could go back because I think I would be way more ahead if I had if I figured that part out. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. Well, that's just part of it, dude. That whole, you know, looking back is 2020 stuff. I mean, that's, it is what it is. That's just the reality. I I wish I knew so many things. I look back at so many businesses, bro, and just be like, God dang, if only I knew then what I know now, you know, and that's what fires me up now is helping people and go, Hey, now I, I can literally turn my years into days for people. Hmm as long as they're willing to do that's the power of that's the power of a coach right it's a cheat code it's uh it's skip a level it's it's have extra lives in the game whatever it is um that's the power and mm-hmm. and i think one of the one of the things that that i admire about you is it's not just like a tactical side of things that i get from you which which you definitely have but there's sometimes you'll say something and it's almost like you've you've been around that corner before so you see something that's coming around that corner that i didn't see that to me is the most valuable part of it is that that like you see around that corner you, you you've been there so it's like it's like all right you're gonna walk if you keep walking this way you're about to like bump your head you're about to like smash you're gonna trip there's a pothole here whatever it is you, you've seen it um but i do think that that comes with like you know a certain it takes a certain persona to be able to to teach it as well yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, so I think it's important, and this might help your listeners too, to remember when you're going through seasons that we will call, you know, not ideal, we'll put it that way, and rough patches, whatever you want to call them, it's really, really important to remember that life isn't happening to you, it's happening for you. And as cute as that may sound, the reality is, is if you can turn your hardships and challenges and losses and tears and blood into the benefit for somebody else, you've now just gone back in time and turned that into a positive event. And so it's a really powerful thing when you can start to go back and say, what hurt me the most? What, where did I struggle the most? What kept me back? What do I wish I could, you know, go back and fix or whatever. If you can identify those in your life and or your business, and then bring those to the forefront and help people avoid, like you said, those potholes or around those corners that they wouldn't, you know, those blind spots. That's where I think you can literally, like I said, go back in time and actually make those things good. And um, that's one of the most rewarding experiences I think there is as a, as a consultant or coach or, or anybody, like you could be a parent obviously and be doing that. That's what we do as parents, right? We're like, Oh, don't do that. You know, kids like, Oh, screw you. I do my own thing. You're like, all right, but that's good. This is going to be the cost, you know? And that's just, helping people grow and, and hopefully making them better for, for it. Man, so true. Like I, I look back at, at now, if let's say a client leaves the agency or a client leaves my coaching program, whatever it is, I could pinpoint why, like, I, like it's now years of figuring this out. I now know why. And then I'll do, I'll be like, cool. 
What do I learn from this? How can I make sure that this never happens? And then I over-index into making sure it never happens again. But the ones that used to hurt me the most were the ones that everything was great. There was no why they should leave. It was either a lower price somewhere. Or it was either so, so, something else. It was, it was, everything was good by all standpoint. They got whatever it was. Now it's just like, cool. This is how it goes. This is how it's supposed to go. Right. We were talking about this offline about, about it, about an instance. And my reaction was, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, okay. This is, this is how it goes. And I think that's, that's maturity. And that comes from, from everything that you, you, you've been saying pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I know as a business owner, especially if you are in the consulting space at, on any level, you know, or, or any time where you have a close relationship with clients, having a client leave is like, oh, you feel betrayed. You know, there's a, this disconnect, but we also have to like ask ourselves, well, hang on. Like, imagine you live in a town and there's just one really awesome steakhouse. And that's where you go every week. And that's where you, you love the food. You love the people. You know what you're going to get every single week. You get your right table. Like everything's good. Like you're stoked. You go and you eat and you know what to expect. You get it every time. It's consistent. It's great. And you're happy. Great. But then another steakhouse opens up, you know, a few streets down in your town. And you're like, it's the only other one. You're, Are you going to go try it out? Probably. Why not? Like, yeah, I just want to go see. Is it because I'm not happy with where I was? No, I'm completely content. It's all good. I just want to know like what's over there, you know, and that's just human nature. And so uh, understanding that, you know, obviously there's a difference between losing a, a client because it's something you did or didn't do that type of thing, like, you know, processes wise, but there is also just the natural evolution of relationships and some are going to stick longer than others, but it's all, you know, a passing phase like it's evolutionary on every level my first mentor once told me your best client will lead you because that's the that's the best advice i'll give you your best client will will will, will lead you one day yeah yeah i'll end i'll end with this um you're a dad how do you weigh in you know your entrepreneur life and and dad life i know you don't believe in balance and whatnot but um what advice do you have for the listeners who may be building their business and, you know, they, they want to be the present dad. They want to be around. I know you are, I know you, you, you have your non-negotiables. Um, but when you're building a business, sometimes you don't have the luxury of, of, you know, being so firm in some, in some non-negotiables. What's your advice for the entrepreneurs listening there? Yeah. Um, Again, going to the concept that everything is seasonal. So as long as you recognize what season you're in and then communicate that season, hey, family, hey, loved ones, just so you know, we're going into quarter four for the year. There's a big target to hit. Um, if I seem afraid, if I'm stressed, if I don't show up, sometimes if I'm late to dinner, sometimes if I miss a dinner, sometimes I want you to know that it's this particular season, there is an end to this season, but there's going to be a go time communication cures all right. So there, there's one like tactic you could use. Another is just having that really good time blocking schedule, you know, chunking things out and blocking out that personal time that then becomes just as much mandated into your schedule as it is to show up on that sales call or to show up on that meeting or to go meet with that potential client. It's just part of your schedule. And you guard that as fiercely as you would any of those other events in your calendar because no one else is going to do it for you. You know, the, the reality is an entrepreneur is you are your own boss, right? And but with that means that no one else is going to come and say, oh, now it's a good time to leave, or now is a good time to take a break. Now's a good time to go 
finally catch up with that dinner and your family. No one will ever tell you that. And there will never be a good time. There will never be a perfect time. You have to take it like, like ferociously. And so um, again, everything has a price. So you just have to be willing to know like in advance, what am I willing to pay for the end result? Is it worth it? Because when we're 70, 80, 90 years old, laying in bed, like we're not going to be remembering what our, you know, quarterly number was in 2023. Like who the hell cares? But you will sure as well, damn, remember all those missed dinners or whatever. Right. I said it in a post, you know, when, when my son Noah, who's now like almost, almost, uh, almost two months, almost two months old when he was born that um, knowing when to pump the brakes is just as important as knowing when to step on the gas as an entrepreneur. Yep. hundred percent. And be, and trust yourself, right? Like we're, I was just on a call and, and we, uh, one of the the clients was saying that, and I, I said the same thing. I said, you just have to trust yourself as an entrepreneur to know, oh, this is just the season. It's cool. Like, could I hit the throttle harder? Could I do more? Could I make more money? Could we make bigger impact with our clients? Probably but it's not the season for that right now. Like my season is to be here. I need to trust that this is okay and be okay with that. Nothing's permanent. And it took me a long time to, to like learn that. And it's, I'm not saying I'm perfect with it by any stress. Like I can forget, but you always have to remember like, Hey, this is just a period of time. And so embrace it for what it's giving you in the moment and be okay with that. And don't, if, as soon as you start assimilating to that and you'll feel that friction be reduced and you'll feel far more in flow because you're like, I'm supposed to be here right now. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And uh, it's not easy, but it's, it's not rocket science either. You know, it's just, it is what it is. You're such a smart dude. I could talk to you out for, I could talk to you for hours and I do have the luxury of, if I do want to talk to you, I can. That's but right. For the listeners who, who, who wanted maybe talk to you more, they want to know more about you. They want to know how you could help them. How can they find you? Yeah. I mean, the easiest places is social, man. Good old Facebook and Instagram, Mike G Walker. You, you can find me there. And well, we'll uh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're on the interwebs for sure. We're, we're floating around on socials and there's all kinds of stuff on uh, there. Throwing, throwing out the, the old ones, currency, walking around with currency. Uh, I'll take you, know, you way back. Interwebs, like look, look at you. Uh, we I'll take you way back, man. I still read books in physical form. It's crazy. I can only read. I I try it, man. I try. Like I listen to them, and then I end up buying them, and then I have a Kindle because then I could highlight it, and it goes to and it goes to Readwise. So I have it in, in like three different ways. It's all so, good, dude. Uh, Mike, appreciate <laughs> you. Thank you so much. Hey, pleasure to be here, man. Thanks for the invite. Hey everyone, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Thank you for your attention. And if you made it this far, you're clearly somebody who wants to take their business to the next level. You want to get better. And I understand that being an entrepreneur sometimes can feel like a little bit of a lonely journey, which is why being part of a thriving community of like-minded people is just so important. It was super helpful in my own development as well. And as is the ability to instantly get answers to the questions you may have in order to grow and scale your business. It's for that reason why I launched a consulting coaching program called the Market Domination Method. And guess what? If you're listening to this and you hear this, we're open for applications right now for new members to join. So to request an invitation or to book a free diagnostic call, call it a game plan call. I'll literally sit with you and demonstrate the value that we could bring to your business on that call. Let's jump on a call. Uh, we'll discuss ways you could possibly grow your business. Head on over to jportnoy.com, J-P-O-R-T-N-O-Y.com. You'll find all the different ways you could work together. It's going to be the best business decision you'll make. So hope to speak soon. Head on over to jportnoy.com, book that free game plan call, and I look forward to talking to you soon.